0: Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. All right, hello, hello. Hey, good morning. Hey, good to see you. Thanks for being here. Hey, especially if you're new around here, if you haven't been here before, um, we need to ask you which high school you went to. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. The west side thing. All of you are like, yes, yes, let's, let's please find out. You're fine. You're fine. You don't need to know who went to high school where. It'll be all right. Anyways, hey, we're going to invite our ushers to come forward and give an offering together before we jump into this and uh, we talk about what it means to follow certain people. God, thank you for uh, just that time of worship. Thank you for this place that we get to celebrate you. We get to learn about you. We get to experience you. We want to experience you. So we just say, come Holy Spirit. Uh, We pray that you would get us to the place where we are open to receiving you, open to seeing your work being done around us, that we would be able to kind of pull back the veil and see the things that are happening behind the scenes in the kingdom of God. And we just give you this offering uh, in the hopes that Incredible behind-the-scenes kingdom work would take place with uh, the the offering we give. Multiply it, magnify it, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, they're going to pass those things along. Pass those along. And hey, what we're going to talk about today is um, what it means to be a follower. A little bit, you know, we're called to follow Jesus to be followers of the way. Before it was called Christianity, before that term came around, um, those who followed Jesus were just known as followers of the way. They didn't know how to explain what Jesus was up to yet, and so they just said, That's the way. Because they started seeing that um, there's a certain way to do things, but it seems like every time he does it, he does it a better way. And so if we're following him, it's followers of the way. But. You can be a follower of a lot of different things. You can be a follower of a lot of different things. Today we're gonna talk about, um, so if somebody calls you to follow them, um, a lot of times we focus in on whether or not you're gonna say yes or no. Uh, But what if you say yes? The next question is, okay, but where are we going? I'll follow you, but where are we going? Uh, When I was in high school, Um, This is the the prop today because this is a a symbol for me of some people that I was following at the time. And what I thought, I I actually didn't know what I wanted to do at all. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who I was. And so I followed a bunch of different people and tried to find where I was supposed to be. Uh, Some of these guys who I played sports with, I'm telling you that I would have given anything to trade places with them. And I followed them as closely as I could. And so they're the ones who said, well, they're the ones who had the varsity letter jackets. We didn't have any money. This thing in 1998 was $300. It's the single most expensive thing my father has ever bought for me. I don't know how he did it, but it was apparently important enough for me that he went out and made this thing happen somehow I think it was the same amount that he made in a, uh, about a week and a half for pay, and it had everything to do with who I was following, and they weren't bad people to be following. And the idea to, to follow that dream of maybe being a jock is not a bad idea at all. But now I look at our lives and the people who I wanted to trade places with. 20 plus years ago and how things have turned out and I'm so, 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 so glad I stopped following them. (laughs) Yep. She knows. The thing about that is that um, I was just lost for so long and sometimes I still feel um, a little bit lost sometimes, and I have to be reminded that I'm not lost at all because I have somebody who I'm following now, who I can put my trust in, that I can, I can know is gonna be like. I have no sense of direction. Yeah, t- I think I do want you to clap. I like that. Keep it going. I don't want to stop that. I'll just keep talking through it. You got to hype me up. But I will um, sometimes get to that place of feeling. Uh, lost and just, just reminded that, what are you, who, do you not know who your daddy is? That he's not lost at all? <laughs> and that he said, come and follow me? And so the question has got to be, okay, but where are we going? Where are we going if you're calling me to follow you? Um, the mission of this church, Vineyard Westside, is that we would, uh, we would you know, bring the incredible life of Jesus to the lost and the broken, that we would bring the incredible life of Jesus to the lost and the broken. And sometimes you play different roles in that mission. Sometimes you're the bringer and you're supposed to be bringing the incredible life of Jesus. Sometimes you're the lost. Sometimes you're the broken. Sometimes you're the lost and you don't know you're lost. Now, I was lost for a long time and didn't know I was lost. And. Uh, all of a sudden, found out that Jesus was doing this thing behind the scenes that I didn't know up what I, I didn't know anything about it because a lot of times the kingdom of God is going on behind the scenes, and we we want to say, well, how how does it work? I want I want it. and it's really hard. It's really hard to spell out. If you've ever seen a tapestry before, uh, where it's all these threads, thousands and thousands of threads that make up a, just a gorgeous piece of art. Um, the front of it makes complete and total sense. Flip that thing over. It is psychotic. And if you were only looking at the back side of it and trying to figure out what was what this was, what the picture is, what is the artist trying to say, What are they doing? You'd have no idea. And a lot of times we just don't have a lot of times we're looking at the back, the back of the painting, the back of the tapestry, the back of the artwork, and we just don't know. But Jesus is the same uh, now as he was a couple thousand years ago. He's the same now as he was when I first met him when I was lost and didn't know I was lost. And all of a sudden he showed up and he said, actually, I left my 99 sheep behind, but you're the one who's been missing. And so I'm here for you. And I'm not going back until I've got you. Um, And so Jesus says this to you, follow me, come and follow me. Come and follow me. Come and follow me. And some of you have said yes, and 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 he left, and you're still at home. Jesus says, "Come and follow me." Uh, I met my wife Allison uh, when we were in high school. Um, we did not date in high school. We started dating uh, shortly after. We were going to graduation parties together, and you know, one thing we're like, "Hmm, let's make this happen." And it worked. But the thing about that is that's a, a pivotal part of my story because I started following Allison and a lot of things that she had going on in her life that were completely different than my life. And so I get into her car and she's playing Christian music and I made, it, I made fun of it hard. I, it was, I'm, a, I'm a jerk. I can, I can tear something down like you wouldn't believe. I had friends in high school who gave me the nickname The Dream Crusher. (laughs) I am not kidding. Uh, And so the thing about it, though, was she stood up for it and she said, this is a big part of my life, and I love this music, and, and she just shut me down. She just shut me down. Because she knew who she was following. Because I was the one who didn't have enough to hold on to to fight it, And get my way to win because she knew who she was following she's the one who had the authority and so I had to get on board with her destination she was heading towards eventually we started having those conversations where I had to get on board with the destination that she had in mind the destination being the kingdom of God Jesus the things he's up to that is my destination if you're not getting on board with that I don't know how long this is gonna last are you going to come to church with me? Like I said every month. <laughs> and so I kept trying to get further on board with her but things really felt different. They were wildly different than the way I had grown up. Her family was different. It was it was new. It was they were gr- actually they were great. And she was great and everything was good. And so I broke up with her. Um, I broke up with her for one day, <laughs> because I don't know why, because I was, I was afraid of everything that was happening, and the question was hitting me, am I, is this who I'm following now? Is this who I'm becoming? Is this me now? Because I had worked for a few years on figuring out this is who I am, I, and I kind of liked who I was, and I didn't want to change things, and do I have to change things? Can I be? Can I follow her? And so I broke up with her because I didn't know if I wanted to. And then I realized it was like seven hours later. I was like, oh, I've made a huge mistake. I called her and said, do you want to go to the movies? And I weaseled my way back in. Matthew chapter 4, it says this. Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother. They were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Jesus said to them, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets, and they followed him. This is one of those ones that we could we could. Um, kind of race past what it just said but these are guys who have a professional job they they work in an industry a family business as professional fishermen this is how they feed their families they have families (laughs) these are guys who are working a job and it probably isn't 40 hours a week probably way more a rabbi comes along on the beach and says hey guys what's up come and follow me quit your job they go okay do, 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 do. Does that seem right? Is there maybe more going on? There's more going on. There's more going on. Or is it that sometimes you just know about somebody's reputation? And so, uh, if a certain somebody showed up, um, let's say let's say Tom Hanks knocked on your door. Does not everybody love this man? Tom Hanks he knocks on your door. He says, "Hey, would you like to go with me to?" Whatever. Yes? Sure, you're Tom Hanks. You're a great guy. What are those, Jesus? What if they'd heard these stories about him, about the things that he'd been doing? The healings that were taking place, the way that he was uh, forgiving people of sin. They'd heard about this guy and so, hey, come and follow me. Maybe this is why they, they left and they went with him. Why it was uh, an instant yes. Uh, there's A parable that is that is told in Luke chapter 15 that is an odd one to me. Because in Luke chapter 15, it's a it's it's three mini parables all smushed into one. A parable is just when it's a a story about something, they're telling it in a better way, like they're telling it in an easier to understand way. This thing about your life is like egg salad or whatever. But in this It's three small parables all squished into one. Usually it was just one parable, like one, you know, one example, one analogy that they would use. They would say, the kingdom of God is like this rock, but this time they use three. We just get one typically. Three is for like if you're from Kentucky. You guys know what I'm saying? It's all right. Florida, let's say Florida. Is that better? Come on. Luke chapter 15, it says, What man of you having a hundred sheep that if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. And when he's found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my lost sheep. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Who need no repentance. Verse 8, it says, Or what woman, having ten silver coins, If she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. And when she's found it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me, for I've found the peace with which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Now he goes on further to tell a longer story about the prodigal son. If you're not familiar with the prodigal son story, uh, it falls right in line with these other two, that there's something that is lost and something that needs to be found. If we analyze these three parables together, um, they have some things majorly in common with each other. Basically, that there is one thing in the wrong place and there's one thing in the right place and that God is kind of in the middle of them. And there's a wrong place and there's a right place. And so um, sometimes we mix up the wrong place and the right place. So let's say uh, that there's, there's two places. One place has 99 sheep in it and one place has one. Which one is the right place? Well, if you're God, you go to the one. Every one of us would think, well, it's the, the 99's gotta be the right place. That's where there's more content. There's more substance. There's more, you have 99. Why don't you just take care of them and make sure that they stay safe? God says every time, the right place is the one. Every time. In the story of the woman, the place where there are nine coins is the wrong place. The place where there's one is the right one. And there's a story of the prodigal son that's more complicated, but if if we simplify it and boil it down, it's the same kind of story that there is one son who has decided that he is going to rise up against his father. His father is a good father. He's a wealthy father. He's provided work and a future, a complete future for his sons. He has two boys. An older son who is always the good How many of you are the older son? The one who always did what you were supposed to. Who like you you were you're just the good. my wife is the older son and I love it so much that I can count on her. She's responsible. She is able to um, hold things together when there's a bunch of young sons around her. (laughs) But for some of us, some of the people who are older brother people who have always tried to do the right thing, sometimes they can get super frustrated when they see someone else getting away with something that they don't feel is right that they don't feel is just. Any of you have brothers or sisters who you want to kick? Not me. And so there's a, a son, there's a son who's a good boy and then there's the younger son who, it says he went off into wild living. He didn't just do that. He said to his dad, I, basically, I wish you were dead, but since you're not dead, I would like my inheritance now. I'm not waiting anymore. This is how he how he comes at his dad. I'm not waiting anymore. You can either die and give it to me, or um, just give it to me now and and be dead to me, because I'm done with this. I'm sick of working for you. I I have other things that I want to do, and they involve partying. And so his dad agrees, and he ends up giving him his portion of the inheritance, uh, he, he doesn't want him to go, but he can't stop him. He could have not given him money, but he says, here, he gives him his inheritance. And the young son goes off in wild living. Says that he was partying with all sorts of prostitutes. He was eating with pigs because he ran out of money and, and, had to, and just slummed it. Things went bad really, really, really quickly. Really quickly. And in that story, it's about a father who... Waits for his son to come back. He hasn't the older son is upset because the younger brother has gone off and done this and he's done everything right. And, and why hasn't dad um, why hasn't dad given me an extra portion for being good? When am I gonna get that extra portion? I've been good. But the son eventually returns home. The younger son the one who's wild, the one who's a jerk. And he's got everything kind of planned out that he's going to apologize in this way to his dad. He's going to grovel. He's going to beg forgiveness. He's going to say, just make me one of your hired hands. I don't even want to be your I don't have to be your son anymore. Just please let me come back home. I, I made a huge mistake. I'm sorry I spent all the money. And he's, have you ever been going through that? all that stuff on that long walk? <laughs> like, how am I going to? And so he's expecting to have to, um, you know, maybe bang on the door that's locked to have his dad possibly open it up to let him in. But he's walking home and he's coming up the hill and his dad is waiting for him, watching, knowing his boy's going to come back eventually. And he's standing and he's waiting and he sees his boy come up over the hill and he doesn't wait. He doesn't sit there waiting with his arms crossed, like tapping his foot. It says he starts sprinting to his son. But he sprints to his son. He sprints to his son. They're both adult-sized human people. And it's a long, long, long time ago. And they ugly cry and hug and pick each other up. And he says, my baby boy is my baby boy's home. My baby boy left and he's back. I got him back. I got him back. And so he wants to celebrate. And he wants to throw a party And he wants everybody to know my baby boy is home. Because he was, you know, he was lost. And now he's found. In these stories, the shepherd's main focus is on what? With the sheep, the 99 and the 1. The shepherd's focus is on the lost. In these stories, the woman's focus is on not the nine coins that are safe. Not the idea of, well, I guess I should just be thankful for what I still have. No, it's focused on the lost. It's always focused on the lost. The story of the prodigal son is focused on the boy who is lost and being found. Not the the older brother that I still have. Yes, I love him. Of course I love him. But I had one that was lost. And I got to... He, he always goes after the lost one. Jesus focuses on the lost. His focus is on the lost. And so if Jesus comes and he says, I want you to follow me. I want you to come and follow me. And you get to the point of saying, well, where, where the heck are we going? He's always going to be going to the lost. He's always going to be going to the lost. He's not going to be going to the place where you're, you're complacent and now I've joined a country club where we all believe the same thing and it's really nice and we have a, oh, we're putting together a church cookbook and Jesus is going after the lost. He's going after the lost every time. If he's not going after the lost, get away from that place. I have this friend uh, Todd who is I don't I don't know how to describe he's clinically Christian Um, he's he's insane in some way a really really good way he's the most incredible evangelist I've ever met in my life Um, there are He literally brought more than 100 people to our church here over the years where he bought a limo and would pick up about 15 teenagers when we first started the church and we were meeting in the the Danbury Dollar Saver Theater. This limo was exclusively purchased so that he could fill it up with kids and bring them to church. And they'd get out feeling all awesome and then they'd go into the Danbury Dollar Saver. But Todd... His whole life, everything in his life was, was all about finding lost kids. And so we started a dodgeball league where people were getting horribly injured pretty much every time we played. But we did because it was the way to find the lost kids. Now, how many of those freaking kids have given their lives to Christ? And they have families now. And it's making me cry looking at on Facebook because their life turned around. And they shifted. they shifted everything because they started following somebody else. And these were kids that were, these were, we would call them street children. That's what I grew up as. We're just kind of freelance running around like um, nobody. (laughs) Just kids that can get in trouble, big, big trouble. And uh, my friend Todd, uh, I just, it it blows me away because I, I thought maybe he was a believer his entire life. Not at all. He was an insane partier and he went to Ohio State. He said he was in Ohio State for seven years. It doesn't take that long to go there. And just constantly slamming beers. And he was the big party guy. And he said that he was invited to go to um, this, some kind of get together with this group so that they could hang out, that we're going to hang out together. And so um, he said he was looking for girls. So yeah, are there going to be girls there? They said yes. So he goes to hang out. Well, it wasn't just a thing to hang out. It was... A small group like prayer meeting of some sort so he totally got baited and switched which is allowable I say that's allowable go ahead do that trick him. I don't care if you trick them trick people into the same room with Jesus all we're hoping for is that they'll get into that room because there's a good chance they're going to fall in love with him and so he got tricked he thought it was a hangout session, but it was some kind of small group prayer meeting thing. It ends up changing the trajectory of his life. He ends up following Jesus and not following natural light anymore. (laughs) And stuff changes. And I I meet him and the, uh, the makeup of heaven itself is altered and changed forever because of what happened with him. And hundreds of people because he interacted with him, Jesus' main focus is always going to be on the stuff, the people, the places, the ones who are lost. Matthew 26, it says this about Peter. Peter was the, he's the one who wanted to be the closest follower of Jesus of all. He was always kind of, you know, uh, the brown noser. Oh Jesus, can I be can I be the best one? Can I be the best one? It says, but Peter followed him at a distance to the high priest's courtyard, and he went in and he sat with the servants to see the end. He he started following at him. At a distance at a certain point because when he was trying to follow too closely um, he was getting himself in trouble he was following too closely and he ends up uh, saying can I walk on water and he falls into the water he ends up following too closely and it's dangerous it's scary and so for a second he backs up a little bit he backs up a little bit to say okay all right I was maybe I was a little too close I got brake checked a few times But the thing is, the longer the distances that we end up following away from Jesus, what happens is the more our focus ends up being on ourselves. Like we start losing, we can't see him as well. And so we get further and further back and our focus becomes on ourselves. Do we have that picture of the Titanic? Speaking of, I think we have I think we have one somewhere if not imagine a big boat that is slightly sinking well the Titanic oh is it no Titanic was uh, 2,200 passengers um, 1,500 of the people died and sorry uh, I started on a rough note Um, 700 of them made it 2,200 passengers 1500 died it was actually 705 that survived um, one of the biggest issues with the the Titanic and why so many people died in that horrible horrible accident was because the the lifeboat situation was uh, was a nightmare um, the lifeboats were made to carry 70 people each oh we have something look at this so the lifeboats were, were made to carry 70 people each. There were way more than enough lifeboats on the Titanic to be able to get people to shore. But even though these boats were made to carry 70 people, almost every one of the lifeboats took off with 12 to 30 people in it. And so there weren't enough of them towards the end. The Titanic is sinking, and. I guarantee the thing that ends up going on there is people are making that decision of all that matters is that I'm saved. All that matters is that I make it. All that, and I get it too. All that matters is that my kids make it. All that matters is that my wife makes it. All that matters is that I understand where it can come from, but so many people are, are in that place of saying all that matters is that I'm saved and I don't care about What's going on with these others? It looks like there's a lot of other lifeboats around, so I'm sure it'll be fine. We can just take off and not wait any longer for the other people. Now, one of the famous stories about the Titanic sinking is a a passenger named John Harper who had his young daughter with him. She was six years old. Her name was Annie Jesse. John Harper was a pastor who was actually traveling to... I don't know how the Titanic worked, where it was going, but he was taking it to um, a moody Bible church to speak there for a few weeks. He was an evangelist, somebody who would basically tell the story of the gospel of Jesus and try to convince people to give their lives over to him. He's credited as being, a lot of people say, the bravest passenger on the Titanic. He helped to organize groups of people taking off in lifeboats. Even though he had his young daughter with him, I don't know how you make this decision, but the two of them talked about it, and his daughter at six years old said, I'm not going without you. Because he said, I have to stay behind and help people. And she said, I'm not going without you. I'm going to help people too. And so they did together. So This is... She ended up becoming the oldest survivor of the Titanic of all time. But her dad, John, is helping others. Eventually he talks his his daughter into um, going with one of the groups and he gets her safely to shore. Uh, He is trying to make it out himself in the last kind of minutes, but they were out of of lifeboats that were working and so he had to to swim. He had to swim, and there were a lot of people swimming, a lot of people who were holding on to different pieces of debris in the water, different pieces of wood that were floating. Uh, the story goes that as John Harper is floating in the water, he meets another passenger who is floating on another piece of debris named William Mellers. William Mellers somehow knows that John Harper is a pastor, and he kind of swims up to him in a panic, and says, I, are we gonna die? Are we gonna die, are you? He said, are you a minister? And he said, yes. And he asked him, do you know Jesus? And he said, no, and I know I need to, I know I need to. And so John Harper prays with this man in the water. They hold hands together, floating on debris and William Mellers gives his life to Christ, swimming to shore. He ends up making it. He makes it. And one of my favorite things that he wrote, he wrote the story about this interaction taking place. uh, He said, I was saved twice that night. I was saved twice that night. But it was this thing where it's like, man, if you know who you are following, you know where you're going. When John... Harper knew who he was following. He knew he wasn't racing to shore. He knew that as an ambassador of Christ, it is my job to protect these people because they're God's kids. And so the place that I'm going, the people who are lost, the people who are lost, it's always the people who are lost. Any of you feel lost in here? Anybody feel lost? I've been lost a lot of times. When you're lost, it doesn't feel like Jesus is looking for you. A lot of times it doesn't feel like he's looking for you, but he is. He's been called the hound of heaven. And once he's onto your scent, he doesn't let go of it. He doesn't quit. He doesn't give up. Like, I'm sick of looking for them. That's his whole thing. Oh, you're lost? Excellent. Here I come. Would you all just close your eyes with me, Jesus? I'm just so thankful that you came to get me. And it wasn't when I was when I got to be on my best behavior or something. It was. It was when I just really, really needed you to come. And I just didn't believe it for the longest time that the, the things that were in the Bible, the things that, that you said, that you didn't come for the healthy, you came for the sick. And that you said that while they were still sinners, Christ died for us. Like, not after we got our stuff together. Not after we cleaned up. Not after we... Not after we pretended to be good. But while we were lost, you went after us. I just know for myself, I know for some people in this room, too, some of us have been trying to stay lost. And when you came around in any way, we hid. But The thing that I know now, Jesus, is that it is so much better to have you and to follow you and to to be safe with you and secure with you, to be able to be reminded that you are with me and not against me. You're not just with me, You're actively, you're going to go to bat for me. That I get to stand behind you and have you as a representative of me, that you're the older brother that everybody wants. That because I hang out with you, I don't have to be afraid of the dark anymore. The dark is afraid of me. And so we just say, "Who, who, yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. So I just pray for anybody in this room who is lost and they know they're lost. And they're trying to figure out who to follow, where to go, what to do next. If they really admit it, that they don't even know who they are. You say, come and tell us our name, Lord. Show us who we are. Take our hand. For anyone here who is, who is in that place of you, if you want to allow Jesus to find you, you can do that pretty easily by just surrendering. The surrendering and letting go. And a lot of us we have our, our fists clenched and we don't want to let go of anything and we're afraid of or we're afraid we're gonna look stupid. We're afraid that people are gonna think we're dumb if we believe in God. Well, if I'm a fool for Christ, then whose fool are you? And so, yes, Lord, we do, we do things in your name that don't make sense to the world because we have been given a new blueprint and a new plan, a new destination. For those who haven't found it yet, just pray right now. I invite you, if you want to pray along with me, pray along with me. And invite him in. Surrender. Pray this in your mind. I surrender myself to you, Jesus. I give you my life. I'm sorry for the things that I've done. I'm sorry for the people I've hurt. I'm sorry for the way I've hurt myself. And I ask your forgiveness. I thank you that your word says that I've been forgiven. I want to invite you to take control of my life. I want you to lead so I can follow you. So lead me, Lord. We want to experience that life of everlasting that you talk about, not just going to church on Sunday, but that we would be people who actually experience the kingdom of God, that Jesus, you would lead us into a new and better kind of way. Thank you for being worth following. Thank you that in 2022, you're more relevant than ever. So God, we just pray for uh, anyone in this room that feels lost or broken or afraid or alone or like God has abandoned them, that they would know that they know that they know that you're here. You're waiting. You want them. You have a purpose for them. And that you're safe. You're worth following. Bless us and give us favor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Hey, I'll see you soon. I love you. You all have a good one. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.